0: Our scripture lesson today comes from Matthew 2, verses 13 through 18. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to, f- to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the, ch- and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem, who were two years old or under. According to the time that, had, that he had learned from the Magi, then what had been spoken through the prophet of Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Romania, wailing in loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be consoled because she knew they were no more.
1: Thank you, Gage, for reading our scripture. Friends, I invite you to join me in a moment of prayer. Gracious and loving God, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. After being delayed for over 36 hours, I was finally on the ground in Chicago at midnight. I was returning to seminary after being home for Thanksgiving I was tired, hungry, and anxious. My mind was racing over the class I had missed and everything that I needed to do. The wind shrieked through my coat. My Uber pulled up to the median where I was huddled with all the other irritated and delayed travelers. Before the car even fully stopped, I dove in, desperate to be warm (laughs) and to get back to Evanston as quickly as possible hello ma'am how are you this evening my driver asked kindly oh no he's a talker I thought I was grouchy I didn't want to talk to anyone especially not a stranger I replied annoyed I'm pretty good how are you fine fine he said what are you doing in Evanston Now this is the conversation that I was trying to avoid. It's really weird to tell people that you are in seminary. It brings up whatever baggage they may have with religion. Having issues with religion is pretty common and valid. Uh, I just didn't have the mental or emotional capacity in that moment to compassionately navigate wherever this man was at with faith. Oh, I'm a graduate student, I said. While technically not a lie, this is also not the full truth, but I hoped it was enough to appease my friendly Uber driver. That's great. What are you studying? He asked it so innocently, sounding genuinely curious and interested in my life's work. Rats, I thought. I'm not gonna get out of this conversation. I am working on my masters of divinity. There, it's out there, I said it. He knows I'm a religious weirdo now. Oh, are you going to be a nun? he asked excitedly. I love Christmas, he said, and I love Christians. That's wonderful. I breathed a sigh of relief. Good news, my driver is okay with Christians. And interesting news, he thinks I'm going to be a nun. Actually, I am a Protestant, I said. I'm going to be a pastor. Oh, wow, he said. I'm from Bethlehem. I am Muslim, but I really love Christians and Christmas. And friends, because I am an idiot, I said, Oh, you're from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania? (laughs) And then he started laughing. He started laughing a lot. No, ma'am. I am Palestinian. I'm from Bethlehem in Palestine. At this point, while I'm like very embarrassed that I thought he was from Pennsylvania, I am first and foremost a nerd. So I was super excited, my tiredness is gone, and I'm really pumped that I met someone from Bethlehem. And I said, hold up, you're from Bethlehem? The city where Jesus was born? I yelled at my Uber driver. I had met a few people from Palestine, all activists working for peace in the region. But someone from the city of David, the birthplace of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I was nearly starstruck. The driver, Hussein, just laughed, rich and deep, at my outburst. I apologized profusely, for yelling, and also for cussing, in my excitement. (sighs) Then Hussam told me stories. Stories of growing up, going to Catholic school as a Muslim, because it was the best school in Bethlehem. He told me about the tourists who would flood the city during Advent, and how festive and fun it was to grow up there. He shared the Muslim beliefs about Jesus and his birth. He told me about Christmas celebrations with his Christian friends. Hussam told me about coming to the United States, about his wife and the dreams he has for his children here. He told me how happy he is that his parents and siblings are all in the U.S. now. He asked me about my life. He asked why I wanted to be a pastor. We discovered that I have the exact same birthday as his oldest son, same day, month, and year. He asked me about my parents and my brother. When he pulled up to my building, I didn't want the ride to be over, even though it was one in the morning. He wished me a Merry Christmas. And since he loves Christmas so much, I wished him the same. I have thought about our conversation a lot since then, especially how God comes to us when and where and how we are least expecting it. God came to us as a baby, born to an unwed teenage mother, a member of an oppressed religious minority in an occupied land, born in Bethlehem. 2,000 years later, I was reminded of God's love for us on a midnight ride home from the airport by a Palestinian Muslim immigrant Uber driver who was also born in Bethlehem. When I was grouchy, closed off, and emotionally numb, God reminded me of God's love through Husam. I could see the image of God in Husam. Husam reflected God's love to me. Like on Christmas when the word became flush in the way people were not expecting, I was not expecting Husam to remind me of the meaning of Christmas. But friends, that's what God does. God shows up every day in surprising places, when, where, and how our human brains are least expecting it. Hussam could have written me off. He could have been judgmental. He could have seen me as a rude, grumpy American. Honestly, that would have been fair. That is how I was behaving. But husam was not judgmental. He was curious. He did not feel threatened by someone different from him in nearly every way. I felt that husam genuinely wanted to get to know me, human being to human being. Because of husam's openness and kindness to a stranger, I experienced God's love, Through Hussam that night. Born in the same place, thousands of years apart, Herod could have learned a few things from Hussam. While Herod was Jewish, he did not care for his people. Herod's only concern was maintaining and gaining power. Like many people in power, Herod was greedy, paranoid and insecure. He violently squashed any hint of rebellion, even killing his wife and son because he thought they were conspiring against him. Herod's brutality is in full force when he feels his power is threatened by the newborn Jesus. Instead of being curious about Jesus or ambivalent or just, you know, reasonable enough to know that a newborn could not overthrow the government, Herod lashes out. Like Pharaoh did in Egypt before him, Herod kills all the boys under the age of two living in and around Bethlehem. Warned in a dream, Joseph takes Mary and Jesus to Egypt and they stay there for the rest of Herod's rule. You can see why this text isn't included in any Christmas pageant or cantata. This is a challenging scripture, sitting in sharp contrast to the warmth and celebration of the Christmas story. Like I thought Hussein was from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, it's easy to forget that Jesus was born in a real time and place, even while that place still exists. Jesus is born in Bethlehem, in the shadow of the Herodium, a military fortress that Herod built and named after himself to intimidate the people of Bethlehem. And in Nazareth, Jesus' hometown, is overrun with Roman soldiers to oversee Herod's building projects in the surrounding area. The people of Nazareth are always looking over their shoulders, darting among the shadows, watching their every move, not wanting to draw a soldier's anger and experience the malice of his sword. In both Bethlehem and Nazareth, Herod kept people oppressed through intimidation, hard labor, and high taxes. Although it is difficult to hear, this text is not completely unfamiliar. There are many people all around the world who fear for the safety of their children because of violent leaders or because of their race, ethnicity, income, or religion. There are many people like Mary, Joseph, and Jesus who leave home in search of safety fleeing leaders who have dehumanized them to the point of violence. What makes some people open, curious, and caring toward those who are different, like Hussam? What makes some people judgmental, scared, and even seeking to harm those who are different, like Herod? I can't see into either of their psyches to make a diagnosis but i do know who reflected the image of god and god's love in our humanness it's easy to write off people we don't understand it's easy to dis- to dismiss and even dehumanize people who have different experiences and beliefs than us it is much more difficult i think to have a posture of openness, learning, and curiosity when we encounter someone unlike us or the people we know. Every day, we have a choice. We can be a Hussam or we can be a Herod. We can be Hussam, open and curious when someone is different from us, or defies social conventions, or breaks out of the box that we have put them in. We can create whole, genuine relationships with people unlike us. Or we can be a Herod, viewing difference or specialness in others as a threat to ourselves. When we are Herods, when we dehumanize and write off individuals or entire groups of people, we deny the image of God in those people. We also deny the image of God in ourselves by denying ourselves the opportunity to encounter God in those people. Theologian Carlos Rodriguez writes, to dehumanize another human is to work in direct opposition to the incarnation of God in Christ. Beloveds, we will never look into the eyes of someone God does not love. We will never meet someone God has not created to do good works. When we fear the other, we cannot love them, for there is no fear in love. Love was born on Christmas, Jesus Christ is love embodied. While the Herods of the world killed with words and swords, Jesus came to bring life. Jesus came so that people could have life and have it abundantly. Part of abundant life is seeing God's image in one another. No one exists outside of Jesus' love. No one is beyond the reach of Jesus' love. When we try to put barriers around Christ's love, Christ just steps over them. In the five years since that Uber ride, I have tried to honor what Hussam taught me. I pray that God opens my eyes so I can see God's love in the diversity and the variety of humanity. We were all created to share and reflect God's love. Jesus' love itself, born on Christmas, to show us to live in love with one another. While Herod's may rule today, Christ's love will prevail. When we choose curiosity and openness, when we embrace all the kinds of people that God created, we honor the image of God in others and in ourselves. So next time you are tempted to jump to judgment, I invite you to pause and take a breath. Wonder, is there a reason this person might be doing that? Ask yourself, what could I learn from this person? How is God trying to reach me through this person? How is this person reflecting God's love and God's image? Through loving curiosity, we allow each other to be fully human and our authentic selves. Creating these deep, genuine relationships, we share God's love. May it be so. Amen.